Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in the canon canon. Just the one pastrami then? Welcome to the Candy Cannon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia, Berserker Hale. Oh, baby, we are the Candy Cannon, the podcast that talks about Canon films and all of their amazing and sometimes not as amazing output. If you, we don't put the video up of this, but if you could see the massive head no Frank gave me to that <laughs> quoting line, which is also often the feeling you have. Uh, you being most people, I would imagine, watching today's movie. That's right, people. We are covering the 1987 Buddy Cop classic. When you think Buddy Cop movies, you think this movie. They played it on AMC constantly. Non-stop, baby. Turner Classic Movies was playing it (laughs) 24-7. Because, of course... This one should show up in the TCM hub on Max, you know, my, not HBO Max, people. I, I don't know how you watch this, Jeff, but I went to the Criterion app uh, oh, and course. watched it there. That's a, that's the best way to do it. Is When you're watching Criterion movies, watch them on the Criterion app on your phone. Yeah. And make sure... <laughs> and make, make sure, sure it's it the just, poorest quality with just, the worst connection. Turn your Wi-Fi off and just let it be picking up wherever the yeah. fuck it grabs so that you can watch 1987's David Carradine and Billy D. Williams' vehicle, number one with a bullet. Number one with a bullet. You got to say, uh, anytime somebody mentions Billy D. Williams, you got to say, Chewbacca. Because <laughs> he says Chewbacca the best way. He really does. Chewbacca, uh, how's it going? <laughs> when the Billy D. Williams acting style works in your favor. Yes. Is when you're Ooh. saying Chewbacca. <laughs> I got so much to say about this movie, oh, the acting in this movie. But yeah, the, so this is a, uh, it's a buddy cop movie. Uh, it is in the long line of buddy cop movies. Uh, your 48 hours, your Beverly Hills cop. Your lethal weapons, we will talk about those a lot. Uh, You're running scared. Yes. um, As well as, connected to this as well, your uh, funnier ones that come after this, as is kind of, you know, laid out in a nice uh, timeline in Austin Trunix, the Canon Film Guide, Volume 2. Your canine Turner and Hooches, Mm. your cop and a half, your... Stop where my mom will shoot. Tyrannosaurus Rex, I believe. Is that one called? Is that <laughs> is the one with uh, Whoopi? Yeah, the one with Whoopi. Whoopi Goldberg and a yeah. dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does this one lie? This is, uh, you know, what what is this movie about? It's literally just a buddy cop movie. It is all of the cliche genre parts. Every single of cliche. Every single buddy cop movie it is a black cop and a white cop who are matched together and they are like oil and water kind of (laughs) according to this movie and they want to take someone down and they're rogues at the very top they are not dealing with that tippity top 
uh, until it gets brought to justice. Yeah, it really, it's like, this is one that, let me see what the YouTube or the uh, IMDB says, because I would like to know for this. A pair of detectives is assigned to investigate a murder and discover a trail of corruption and criminal activity that leads right back to their own police department. As blasé of a description as you could have for truly a movie that feels like just a collection of tropes. Yeah, uh, just a collection Poorly of put together. Yeah. It feels like if you buy, like, ten different puzzles, but every single one is like a seascape. But then you merge all of them together in one, and you try to put the seascape together, and you're like, that, that, I guess that makes Wait, I don't think that even leads into that. What, have we established that? Close is that, enough. It, that's close enough. That seashell seems to be a hermit crab as well, but close <laughs> enough. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of close enough. Um, and I'm interested as we continue to talk about it because... I wouldn't even say this one. I mean, I feel like this one has popped up actually for us. Like, like every now and then, people will be like, "Can't wait till you guys cover number one with a bullet." Like, just like give it the Cannon Bros treatment. Mm-hmm. Unless give I'm it a wrong, one for over, so <laughs> baby. But I don't know if it's ever with the idea of this is one of my faves. But it's also never with a, this is one of my least likes. It's yeah. just like, this is just a movie we want you guys to talk about. And talk and about it, it, we shall. And talk about it, we shall. And it's, I will say before we really kind of get into the nit grit of it, uh, it, it is surprisingly middle of the road and more it's like dipping into annoying or complicated i guess very annoying let's just get this out of the way because yeah. uh jim belushi i okay let me just say this yes please okay so he he was supposed to be the david he, he co-wrote it the yep. script the screenplay well and th- he gets a co-writing gets credit a co-writing and we'll credit. say all the names because he's he did a he did a belush pass yeah they had he did they had a this is that. they said we gotta yeah. get james in here and do that pass he definitely did a, this is how James would deliver this section. And you can kind of see it you at times. You can see it. Yeah. I hate this movie because it's the first time it's ever made me pine for Jim Belushi. I know. <laughs> because it is so horribly miscast. There are yeah. parts in here where Carradine feels like even he can't believe that he's in the movie. And yeah. he's yeah. he's like, you could tell he's just not confident in anything that he's saying and no. every joke just like if you think about the the most disturbing thud you've ever heard hit the ground yeah think about that right now just take a moment Hold think on. about that one moment where he's like thud and it just makes your heart sink and you're like oh 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 yeah okay got it that's the way he delivers jokes in this movie there's one part in particular where i was like i felt like awful yeah <laughs> i felt terrible about because i was like I can, but see, that's the thing is like, well, but at least if you get the Jay Belushi in there. Oh, man, you uh, Belushi it up. You Belushi it up, man. He's going to, I mean, you know what? He's he's maybe, you know, he's not the, the top tier comedian. No, but no, the no, dude no, no, can no, no. do sarcasm. He'll get the job done. He'll, he'll, he'll get the he'll, job he'll, done. Look, you're, you're not picking K9 over Turner and Hooch, but you're not going to be totally upset you're watching K9. Yeah. Like, you're. 
not going to pick Red Heat over many of the other Schwartz movies, but you're also maybe going to enjoy it more than Raw Deal, depending on who you are. I mean, maybe I, I, eh, that might be on par. <laughs> that one. <laughs> I, I enjoyed Mr. Destiny for what it was. Well, Come that's on. here's the thing. I know we're already giving a little bit of grief to, to James, but I do think I like James and we're going to always continue to call him James in the proper respect. Well, but, uh, I mean, here's the thing. I I like Mr. Destiny enough. I remember watching that yeah. a lot. Now I'm like, I yep, should rewatch. He's not bad in taking care of business as far as I remember. <laughs> you know what? And then, like, his best... He wasn't great on SNL, but that chess coach... I'm- the, yes when so we had that's i think I, we've best, talked about this best sketch on snl and it's it is great. uh we used to do a a thing at my high school that was basically like an snl review and all was just doing snl sketches <laughs> and they like took it away for a couple of years and then came back the like the two years before i graduated but i don't know what was going on with the politics because we did the auditions, and then they decided again to not do it. So the auditions happened. But I auditioned with high school chess coach. Nice. <laughs> like, uh, you know, Garlock has always been alienating through specificity. And so I was not pulling out a sketch anyone knew except for you. <laughs> um, well, I've had the pleasure of hanging out with Mr. Jim Belushi. <sighs> Because that's spoily. Well, remember, well, I yeah, told the wait, story, I do but yeah. <laughs> yeah, the when I met Dan Aykroyd, uh, right. I was supposed to be his talent ha- handler, and he brought Jim Belushi with him, and his girlfriend at the time was like this Russian model or whatever, and he ditched <laughs> the Russian model girlfriend, like went off somewhere, and then Jim, I was stuck with Jim Belushi, and he was so like rude to me, oh, and just man. being like. Uh, hey, can I go back there with Danny? Is that okay? And like, I don't know, man. Like, sure. And he was like getting in the pictures and everything. And it's like, I mean, I'm gonna say again. Probably said the same thing last time. Not surprised. Like, you can read that. That's probably how he's gonna be acting. Like, I mean, also, I'm nobody. I'm I'm some punk. At, yeah, and you he's know, he's New James. York at the uh, at Lincoln Square and just look. Uh, were you in Thief? No, no, I wasn't. And people always ask you that too, especially when you had that job. They oh, would start off going, "Who are you?" and "Were you in Thief?" Stopped on the street to ask <laughs> if, if, I, if I was on Thief, and I was are in Thief, and I was like, "No, I wasn't in Thief. You're thinking of someone else." But I'll sign Jesus some autographs. Uh, so yeah, it is. Uh, I didn't realize until because this also you mentioned how did we watch this? Like I think you probably watched on Tubi as I did. I did. Yes. Um, one of the disappoint. You know, we love Tubi. Although now, of course, how is it always that's like everything we love there ends up being? Well, I know how because the world is a fucking terrible place. Like I briefly saw some to be backlash. Oh, really? <laughs> because Why? I think I think Fox owns a part of it. Okay. So then there was definitely like film Twitter being like every time you watch number one with a bullet, it goes into Rupert Murdoch's coffers, like right. sort of thing. And I'm yeah, just yeah. like, okay. Like really? You think this this poorly transferred number one with the bullet? Uh, but I also don't care. So who gives a fuck? Uh, my biggest problem was no closed captioning. Every once in a while, Tubi yeah. won't put the closed captioning option. It just like you, it, it floats there, and you could. I just keep trying to move it over. Oh yeah, uh, it, it well, it did it for me for a while, and then it would just stop. 
Yeah. And oh, so, I, so like, I couldn't even have the option. Oh, so okay. mine I, just wasn't doing it because that happens often with like the Italian movies and I'll give up. Yeah. I'll try to find some other weird boot channel that actually transfers it. But so there are definitely some audio things that like I watch this broken up in like four segments. Good for you. And I had to. I just <laughs> like I kept trying to do it when my kid was like going to bed and then like before my wife came out because I wasn't going to force her. Uh, and we had to watch, watch Jury Duty together. So oh, yeah, Jury Duty is excellent, man. Uh, but uh, not the yeah, closed captions. Shore jury Duty, the yes, new show. Excellent. No, 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 no. I've been watching Polly Shore's Jury Duty on Freevee. Yeah, everyone's talking about Jury Duty with Polly Shore on Freevee. It's, it's the best. It's back. <laughs> it's back, baby. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there were a couple of lines that I was like, "Wait, did I miss that terrible, problematic line?" Then oftentimes I'd be like. I'm just gonna just let it hope slide. Frank heard it or neither of us heard it. We can just let that slide <laughs> because it is weird if you picture it's a James Belushi draft and then you're like, was that a Jimmy choice? Was that homophobic? Was that transfer? Was that this and this? Like you're constantly like, oh boy, I don't know about that line. And they happened so poorly. Robert Carradine delivering them oddly. Yeah. That you're like, okay, well, just, I'm not going to, I'll just let it all slide. Um, should we do our basic facts yes. for the bully? <laughs> Number one with a bullet, also known in Germany as Dad Badesacker. <laughs> Came out on May 27th, 1987, just in time for the blockbusters to come out in the cinema. <laughs> Oh, the worldwide gross was $411,000. It was directed... Wait, 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 wait. Repeat that number again? $411,000. <laughs> I was. I looked away for two seconds and my brain exploded the that it was what? that low. Okay, great. Directed yeah. by <laughs> Jack Smite, who directed Airport 1975 and the Gabe Kaplan vehicle Fast Break, and a ton of TV and TV movies like The Ten Commandments. It was written oh. by Gail Morgan Hickman, Andrew Kurtzman, Rob Riley, and of course with a little passy boo from James Belush, the old Jimmy B. <laughs> Music by Alf Clausen, who Alf we know Clausen. from Simpsons, Moonlighting, The Naked Gun, Alf. I mean, and Alf Fueler's Day <laughs> Off. Al, I, do you think when he got that project, he goes, Hello, that that is my name. I am Alf. <laughs> I was born to do it. <laughs> I am an alien life form, Clausen. Uh, I think so. I remember I was way too old when I figured out that Alf was like an ET play. That it was <laughs> that it was another like and like ET was like oh extra tri- oh alien, okay, alien life, life form. form. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Anyway, and there's I guarantee there are some people listening to this being like what? Yeah, I hope so. I mean. Look, there's, there's, it's never too late to have your mind blown by a simple pop culture fact yeah. that you should have known, but you didn't because of life, you know? Gordon Shumway. All right, the top 10 movies of night. 19- Gordon Shumway. <laughs> Willie. 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 Ah. Oh, I'm an Alf. alien life form. Ah, Alf. good Willie. No. <laughs> oh, come on, Alf. Uh, so the top 10 movies of 1987 are... Beverly Hills Cop 2, Platoon, Fatal Attraction, The Untouchables, Three Men and a Baby, The Secret of My Success, Stakeout, Lethal Weapon, The Witches of Eastwick, and Predator. So where do you think this came out? Out of 200, Jeff. Where do you think this I'm landed? Go- I mean, zero. I mean, not a, not appear is my guess with 411, but did it appear? 
I see by your face. Jeff. I don't know. A little bit. Jeff. <laughs> well. I think we might have our first 200. 200. <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> Real world. 200. Wow. We got a straight up 200. That's amazing that it almost didn't make it in. Yep. That is crazy. I love that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it makes sense that it borderline didn't make it in. Uh, you know, of course, uh, do have to give a shout out to the, I'm assuming, I think it is the main screenwriter is, uh, Gail, uh, Gail Morgan Hickman. Um, I think that was like story by, uh, let's see, might be, I mean, but, and that's where no screenplay and story. So I got two because I think in Austin's book it said that possibly number one was bought. And this is the part that is the, maybe the most interesting out of all of this, that it was bought before the scripts for Murphy's Law and Death Wish 4, the crackdown. Like it's like it's all kind of like God, like they 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 were banking on number one, I think, unless I'm getting that wrong, and trying to do it for a while. Mm-hmm. So that was like Gail's entry point. And we love Murphy's Law. Yeah. And we love Death Wish for the crackdown. Like, you know, uh, for what they are in our wonderful world. And wrote the story for The Enforcer, the sequel to uh, Dirty Harry. Um, But I think this one sat around for a while and went through the Golan and Globus, like, cycles. Yeah. Got it. And then obviously got two, uh, two slash three passes. In some variation. But the thing that is shocking me the most is, and, you know, it's wondering if it is just that both of them are amalgamations of the tropes that came before and then would become, and it's a real chicken or the egg situation, but, like, if Lethal Weapon came out in 1987, I believe, but then this came out at the same time like am i wrong on that year for it for lethal weapon you would know better than i would yeah let me just look up because i'm pretty sure unless it's 86 but you would yeah it's 87 is the release year so you know how like sometimes like scripts float around yeah you're and and so this could be like a canine uh, turner and hooch situation a vice versa 18 again Big to a lesser extent. People try to lump big in, but it's not really the same thing. Volcano Dante's uh, Peak. Your Volcano Dante's Peak. Armageddon, uh, Deep Impact. Uh, right, right. Hey, RIP to uh, Aerosmith uh, just announced today. There. Oh, oh boy. What are oh, we going to do without them touring? As what a are we going to do? Of... The worst band ever. <laughs> With a... I loved Aerosmith, okay? Like, let's just get that straight. I did love Aerosmith. Don't love what came to light about uh, Steven Tyler, and I know Joe. But Perry we all that. knew all this time I he was a so. monster. I mean, it was like right there. But uh, look, I mean, at this point, I never loved him, Frank. I never loved him, and we did the re-listen. I I listened to all of them for Hawk Rock Talk, and my end result was Garlock can't hang, so it's yeah. fine by me. <laughs> but so it's weird that it would come out. I mean, that's the thing. Is it's just like. There it halfway through as well, like one halfway through. Nathan Raven on Twitter pointed out that James Belushi was attached to this, and that blew my mind, and also changed how I watched this movie. Yeah, like because I was like, oh, because I like to do the research after. Uh, 
And, but I was, and even off of people's responses on Twitter, I was like, okay, we're not alone. Like you have those moments where you're like, am I crazy that this is just lethal weapon? Like, yes, I know it's a buddy comedy, but like, this is showing why lethal weapon works. And this movie doesn't. Yeah. But it came out at the same time. But like, were they aware? Like, that it's like in the same world or is it just so tropey? I don't know, but I was blown away. Like one of our Twitter followers said, I, I call it little weapon. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, well, that, that makes sense. That's what I'm wondering. Wait, did, when you looked up lethal weapon, did you see the date it came out? Let's look here. All right. So let me hear Number one with a bullet that we have a date. That was February 27th. Lethal weapon. Was... That was May 27th. So Lethal Weapon came. So you, but even that. Wait, when did Le- Lethal Weapon come out? Lethal Weapon. Oh wait, you have May twenty seventh. I had February or whatever. For number was, one but, with a bullet, I have May twenty seventh. Oh really? That's well, what IMDb then. said, but March six. Okay. Nineteen eighty seven. Wait. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> okay. So Makes it I, more confusing. <laughs> well, not really. If you think about. Oh, Canada, you figured it out. Okay. Not if you think about it, Jeff. Now, I don't know the behind the scenes of how long it took to film. I mean, I well, granted, we had the script, but as far as the filming of it, right? it is quite possible, Jeff, that early screenings of this movie were shown, and somehow they saw it, and they're like, you know how they done. They have filmed movies within a month. Sure. Or release it within a three-month span. Yeah. It is not entirely out of possibility out of the possibility that yeah yeah they took elements little elements the way he dresses the like yep. loose cannon aspect of especially yep. the showdown instead yep. of putting the gun to his head like he just is in a gymnasium or not gymnasium yep. little uh school i don't know what that was cafeteria he, cafeteria <laughs> thank you and uh going like come on go ahead yeah kill me uh, I mean, this yeah. This crazy. Maybe it is that they saw and were like, let's put in some rigs. Yeah, that's what uh, it feels like. They they did a dash of rigs. Because it doesn't have as much Murtaugh. No. At all. It's actually got a bit of Cobra. Yes. Which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, let's put it just a t-. That's the recipe. Just like a little sprinkle of Cobra talking about health food. You believe that <laughs> like, Denzel Washington was going to be the Billy D. Williams part? I, I, I will say I can in that. Was Heart Condition one of the movies you would rent a lot from the VHS store with Bob Hoskins? <laughs> And Denzel Washington before Denzel Washington became Denzel Washington, where he like was I think a DA, and he dies, and then Bob Hoskins is like a tough and angry cop, and he gets a heart transplant. Right. But then he sees Denzel Washington's ghost try to solve the murder of Denzel Washington. <laughs> that seemed to be a very popular plot point in the seventies and eighties about like yeah like body possession, but for right. comedy. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe it was just pushed by the whole anti-donating your organs board. Yes. Uh, you know, there's big money in that. There's a, so. yeah. <laughs> big no donor. Yeah, big no donor pharma money. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, because, yeah, it is mostly that it's a dash of rigs. And maybe that is the thing. They were just like, oh, we already have that. He's kind of like the like 
funny one or whatever, but because even the it's hard to picture James Belushi doing a Riggs as well. Like you can see that it went through another ringer. Um and that if you've if you maybe it could have worked with the Belushi boy, but I don't think so even that. Yeah, it's a it's a, it I would love to know and I was hoping that there was something maybe we can find some deep dive on it somewhere of like who I but we'll never know who influenced who. But I was just I swore this came out I would have guessed a year or two after Lethal Weapon. I wouldn't have guessed that it would have been a quick couple like maybe we'll throw in yeah, a couple fucking months. Yeah. Um all right, so if we're going through it in our in our jumping around way we do I'll give it the credit. That's the Dope Cannon logo. It's our favorite. Yeah, it's a long one. The music actually resolves a little bit. Um, and real smooth font. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All that stuff just matching that smooth that jazz, jazz Billy D plays. <laughs> so Billy D Williams he basically blow, plays. Daddy, he can blow. Oh, baby, he can blow. And he'll remind you of it the whole movie, baby. That's right. Did you see me playing that trumpet? <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey. so Billy D is playing Billy D. Yeah, uh, he truly is just like as Austin points out. He maybe is like you've never seen someone walk through a role. Yeah, and that's not saying he's a bad actor, but he's just there. No, he's, he's just, just there. He's doing it. Also, there that part pretty much at the very beginning. This is where I was like, oh, we're in for this. I I wrote down Billy D is certainly delivering lines, and <laughs> it's the worst chemistry when he comes over when that awful like this whole thing of him cock blocking and whatever but like there are points where they're not even in the same shot where it feels like billy d is just reading his lines and they use those takes like they're like all right now do line two and he they shoot him and he does it because it's like (laughs) there's no reaction it's just delivering the lines and i was like and then right after they're doing a stakeout, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, we're now seeing the stakeout trope already of like eating a yeah. ton of junk. And then, you know, he's drinking Pepto and he's like, hey, that stuff's going to mess up your stomach. And then the, he's, uh, yeah, he's never reacting besides just being Billy. And it is just like you said that when you get to that stakeout, you're just like, oh, we're already in this. And it feels like, I was trying to remember what movie we watched not too long ago that felt like it could have been a sequel, but it's the beginning of a movie. But that happens now that where you're like, you're almost like because this movie went through like so many drafts, I'm imagining, and was playing off the trope so much, it's just assuming you will catch up. Yeah. But it feels like we're watching number two with a bullet versus (laughs) number one with a bullet. Like, because it's never completely established what is going on it was at any point in the movie, right? And like, then they have no chemistry whatsoever. And it's weird because Billy D, whenever he's playing off of another actor, he's fine. Like, it doesn't feel yeah. so like there's that's how bad the chemistry is, is that any scene with him and Carradine feels very still and like very, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, stagnant. Stagnant. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, like, because it's, I mean, if you were going, like, basic character descriptions, it is honestly going in, like, uh, 80s buddy cop descriptions, 
the biggest description is Billy D is a black cop and David Carradine is a white cop because they're not really much of anything. And it's and so Billy D's character though is also that he is smooth. Yeah. He knows he does a lot of things. It doesn't like there's a lot of stuff in here that like doesn't necessarily play out to anything. Yeah. He's a basically a like lower level like uh you know uh he's a he's a low level professional jazz trumpeter. Mm-hmm. He does karate slash kenpo. Yes. Uh he's uh he's into natural food in an 80s way but enough so that he also goes to conventions. Correct. And maybe is fucking people at the conventions because the mm-hmm. subtext is Billy D fucks someone everywhere. Everywhere he goes. Every everywhere location. he goes. So not yes. only do, do they have to like do scouting for the locations, they're like, oh, we got to make sure there is a woman attached to this that Billy <laughs> yes. D fucked. And it's the most believable part of this movie, that Billy oh, D is yeah. just fucking everywhere he goes. He definitely fucked every woman he was in a scene with. Uh, yes. Those parts, that, li- that lady at the beginning looked like Olivia Wilde. She uh, did like get, uh, Olivia Wilde. We get that uh, the lady that he's uh, before he gets on the plane, where we get to see some cheeks. You know, it's just really see though. She and then is she the same woman? Like they just use this. I because I started zoning. I think that was also at the natural food convention no, that I think he talks was a about. Woman. It just all merged because it, yeah. it was just be, because it would also happen so quick. Like if you looked away, yeah, he was already done fucking someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he had moved on. And like, yeah, and and even with that woman at the beginning, I was just like, wait, do we have a previous relationship? Is he just like, is this how he plays jazz? He just finds a woman and just starts like, yeah, eye fucking them basically. <laughs> he he takes the moment to no, he brings a date there, and he lets them know ahead of time. He's like, hey, I'm gonna be stopping in. Uh, do you mind if I play on a song? And they're like, you got it. And then he gets to seal That's the deal. What it feels like he Ron Burgundy's it. Like, yeah, exactly. He's going to play jazz flute. Um, and then yeah, and then David Carradine, who uh, you know most Wait, people. David or Robert. I think it's David, right? See, that's yeah. I get the Carradine brothers mixed up all the time. Yeah. Uh, but it, I think it's David. I'm just gonna um, call him Carradine. Yeah. So Carradine. The berserker. Uh, <laughs> yes, he's definitely. A nickname that I'm not sure I picked up completely in the movie. Because he's I looked it berserk, up. man. Didn't you see that that one guy, the criminal, who was like, "I've heard about you." Right. Definitely a move. Oh, Robert Carradine. Robert Carradine. Robert Carradine. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh. David is uh, kung fu, right? Yes. And then, what's the other one? That who's the one in Deadwood in Southern Comfort? Don't. Man, the Carradine brothers are so hard to keep track of. And I love them all. I love all the Carradines, mostly. You collected them all. I collect them. I got to catch them all, Carradines. (laughs) Um, uh, Kevin Carradine? No, I don't know. So we're going to go Carradine because we're never going to remember. So Carradine in this one, Berserker. He's mostly known. He is a great actor. He's great in The Long Riders. But he is, at this point, it just is a fact. He's known as being Lewis from Revenge of the Nerds and the Revenge of the Nerds sequels. It's an iconic performance that is hard to get your brain out of. Mm -hmm. And it seems like he's having a hard time getting his brain out of thinking that that's who he is. Yeah, it's, yeah. But he, so he's playing Berserker or Berserk, uh, whatever his character's name was, who is essentially Mel Gibson's character. 
in Lethal Weapon. He's the rogue cop. He's the one who's a who's got a garbage belly. Uh, but his he marriage also, is on the rocks. His marriage is on the rocks. We see Valerie Bertinelli. Shocked to see Valerie. I was like, what? Yeah. She essentially just needed to show up for like two setups, and one of those had to be her maybe getting into a coma, maybe not, but <laughs> mostly it was just opening the door uh, from one angle. I heard Eddie Van Halen came to set and just cracked everyone up. He was just, la- just fucking jamming and making people laugh, buddy. Yep. It was the best. Um, so, yeah, he essentially plays uh, Riggs, mm-hmm. but... It truly is, and look, this is the podcast where, you know, John Murray's always the one who has to get caught in this mode. This is the podcast where, look, we're not defending Mel Gibson's uh, lifestyle actions. He is a monster. But in the world we live in, he is fantastic in the Lethal Weapon movies and Mad Max movies. And and Bird on a Wire, being Frank agree, Bird on the Wire is his best performance with Goldie Hawn. But it really shows you how good he is in Lethal Weapon and how the material is good for that character because the biggest difference, and it will keep coming up probably as we talk through the movie a bit more, beyond that David Carradine is, or or Carradine, Kevin Carradine, Johnny Carradine. Carradine is uh, horribly miscast in this. Yes. Uh, kind of hunched over, like delivering his lines, like not delivering them emphatically, but the character itself, whether it was Jimmy Belushi, whether it was Carradine, is a sociopath. Yeah. He is carelessly not... a sociopath. Yes. Wait, I guess that would be the definition. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, We're Frank. A- it's an emphatically yes. double sociopath. <laughs> Well, because, like, at least in Lethal Weapon, he's supposed to be, like, the loose cannon, but... Because there's a history there. We find out the why he's the way he is. He, his wife died. He's got he's suicidal. Yeah. He can't know... He doesn't know how to live, but he the only thing keeping him alive is being a cop. Yeah. But also... And, you know, and we get the bit about, I think he was like a sniper or some shit in the yeah, war. So, like, you exactly. get all that stuff. So then you know the the psychology behind him. And in this one, he's just an asshole, and that's why people hate him. Right. And that's why his and marriage the is weapon, the right, he's an asshole. Right. They, and, and, and it's even just that little move of, like, marriage on the rocks versus wife dead leads to more sympathy. Wife dead is more sympathy. <laughs> so when he has a speech that is like, do you want to know why I think about do, I sometimes even think about a hollow, a, you know, hollow point bullet. I even got a special one made just for the occasion. I'll blow the back of my fucking brains out. Like whatever it is. Yeah. There is no room for that because you see that speech and you feel sympathy for how hard life is, depression, death in the family, wife, et cetera. That gets to me. It gets to you. It gets to all of us. Yeah. Nothing. None of, none of that. Nothing gets to you with Carradine. No moment of him being like having a heart to heart or having any kind of moment where he's like, other than even when Valerie Bertinelli is in the hospital, where that should have been the turning point, we still don't get anything anchored. He's just still a sociopathic. If we were breaking down who he is, and I guess their relationship too. Like and and again, going by that, it feels like the movie is number two with a bullet, not number one with a bullet. Like we're supposed to already know about this character. 
he's a berserker and he's a loose cannon because more that more so that people tell us that, right? We don't really see it, but like, and it's not berserker loose cannon. It's just him being an asshole in the nicest version. Mm-hmm. He has a marriage on the rocks, but it's unclear what their marriage was like before. It's sometimes, depending on what they want, is playing into the uh, 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 belagered wife of a cop trope. That if only he wasn't a cop, but and like, but that's only sometimes. Like, it's unclear beyond what's shown to us uh, that he's a monster. Why they have a marriage on the rocks? What were you gonna say? Well, there is one. I I'm starting to realize. I was kind of uh, perusing my notes. So we get the mom from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, yeah, Doris uh, Roberts. Yep. Yeah. So we get Doris Roberts in there, and he goes to visit her, and of course, ah, oh, they're bickering because ah, oh, ma, you, you, he's just she's too yeah. much, ah, oh, ma. But then she goes. Like one of the comebacks that she has is like uh, she says, "So did your father." And then all of a sudden, you hear that 80s serious keyboard bells. You know which one I'm talking about? Those soft yes. keyboard bells? Yes. And it yes. becomes serious. Ma, I care Here's about the you. question with that. Because <laughs> now I do remember that part. Because that's the another part of why this movie feels like four people had passes on it. Like, yes. there are so many hanging chads of plot things. Like, <laughs> you almost don't have a reason or a resolution why the mother is even a thing. And it kind of, you don't like we get the barrage of her nagging on the answering machine. And then he goes to visit her. And I was just like, we might never go back to her again. It has not added to his character per se, but then she does come back. But even when she comes back, you're like, why did this wasn't even part of the thing? And maybe this is in the draft. So was his dad a cop? Yes. Okay, that's a huge one where it's just like it's thrown at you, and you're just like, and you kind of have to be like, all right, I guess I'll just deal with it. Yeah, because you, yeah, because because it you, doesn't lead to anything. No, other than just like a, a sad moment that we imply that maybe he died on the on the force. On the force. We don't know if he died there or in the retirement. Like I don't. Yeah, he retired. He'd been retired for like twenty years. He actually yeah. just died choking he on was a, a Walmart sloppy Joe, reader and he yeah. <laughs> had a heart attack. He had a hard time for too many sloppy joes. His favorite meal, oh, uh, which is also Carradine's favorite meal, which is a weird aside. Wait, really? It's like you can come in the kitchen, and yeah, when right at the end, when before, when it, he's almost gonna leave, and then he decides to stay, and I think it's after that moment, they both kind of mutter to each other as they're going into the kitchen, "I'll make your favorite meal." Like and it's like sloppy joes and French fries, <laughs> and then I think she mutters. Come in here and you'll help me peel the potatoes. Ooh, and they laugh. No, yeah, then they have sex. Um, <laughs> but man, so, but like, yeah, he only loves he only likes sandwich. He doesn't like homemade sloppy joes. Um, but so, uh, and he drinks it right out of the can, which is disgusting. Ooh, he doesn't even put yeah, the meat in it. That's he doesn't need it. He can just eat the meat raw because no. we see he's crazy. Yeah, man, he eats that steak. That whole I was like, what? When he just he sits down. That's a, such a like. Like you didn't even think this through whatsoever to show like, hey, look at his life. He's eating raw steak. As canon fans, we often talk about the cutting the the pizza with scissors in Cobra. Maybe we should be talking more about Carradine sitting in his disgusting apartment 
eating a cold out of the cellophane steak that he's cutting little pieces off and of that- raw. And then Lee and Perrin's Worcestershire dumping on it. Wait, so also he's not just eating a piece of the steak, Jeff. He's eating the fat of it. Yeah, so he's cutting the fat and putting that on Lee and Pe- with Lee and Perrin's straight into his gullet. That one is a weirder choice, and doesn't because it doesn't tell you he's a loose cannon. It doesn't tell you. It tells you he's weirdly lazy. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. the garbage belly doesn't add up to anything. So yeah, maybe him and Valerie are getting are divorced and separated because of the cop. Maybe it's because his dad died. Maybe it's because honestly, the real answer is he's just abusive to her. Yeah, like that's it. He's like a, he's that Crowder guy. <laughs> yes. He's fucking Crowder, baby. He's pulling a Crowder nonstop in this. There, it, and it's and it also makes you feel it's crazy making because, uh, they do a move that happens sometimes in like clearly rushed canon deals where they're repeating shit, like the pattern that you point out before, where he's always gonna fuck with Billy D's game. Yeah. Andy's also the pattern is that he's going to either do it by being like homophobic or just like fucked up. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like talking about a dead kid, right? Or something like that. Where one story was about, yeah, him, uh, 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 Billy D maybe somehow destroying a locker full of, uh, uh, you know, terrible word for uh, gay women, (laughs) for lesbians. Uh, And then, the second way a cock block he pulls, yeah, is about oh, this guy shot a kid who had a water gun. And you're like, whoa, none of these are fun. Like yeah, they're not fun not even... romps with your friend. But <laughs> like, yet they're treating it like Billy D is like, Really, no man, you're gonna do this? <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? Like he's <laughs> I And if also... he's not doing it to Billy D, he's doing he's it to trying his wife. to convince his wife's Maybe lovers, but Ugh. probably not. But maybe that she's riddled with STDs. Yes, <laughs> he's such an ass about it too. And then he's putting the Coke label on his beer bottle. He's an alcoholic too. That's the other part. So yeah, he's hiding that he's an alcoholic by putting a fake Coke label that is poorly designed <laughs> because it's also no one has ever seen a Coke come in a brown bottle like this. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then as soon as you get near, you're gonna smell beer. Yes, baby. He's definitely drinking a bud. He's like, no, uh, it's new Coke. See, that's nah, a joke. Yeah, oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, this formula, they got to change it back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he essentially, there's no... And besides the throwaway blink and you'll miss it line about his dad dying, there's mm-hmm. never a moment of sympathy, and and if you and here and it's a good litmus test for your personality. If you feel sympathy for that character, reevaluate everything because there's he's terrible. He's a terrible monster of a human being. He's also shooting in a crowded carnival without any right. like he doesn't give a second thought whatsoever. He's just like nope, gonna this. I mean, look, mirror to society even now. Yeah, man, mirror, just hold it up. Are we looking outside? Did you hear? Are the, we watching number one with a bullet? I don't know. I yeah. <laughs> uh, the 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 sixty nine joke in the bingo, calling out in the background. Yes. I was yes. Like, okay. You think that's a James joke? You think you threw that in? Oh, definitely. <laughs> hey guys, yeah, also, check this out. 
because this movie is a bunch of set pieces also there's like and and i agree with austin locations look nice it's fun sometimes outside um because the main drive of it is I didn't realize till I read maybe Austin's entry on it in the Canon Film Guide. I didn't completely pick up that that guy he doesn't like was a politician. Maybe I just missed that one line again. Like, but I was just like, he's just general bad guy, and oh, I didn't really understand yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't get that. According to Austin, it says he's a politician, and because they don't do anything with it being a politician, it might have been like the dead dad. There's just a side line descriptor what is it bordeaux or what was his name i forgot what oh i can't even remember i mean he was bad smiling white guy with streak like i i just thought he was like one of those like just kind of a rich guy rich business guy (laughs) dealing drugs or whatever i thought that's what it was it was just a random that's what it just seemed like to me and i guess as it went on too then because at first i was like oh he has like kind of like a loving relationship with his girlfriend wife they, like, they they're, playing, they're playing tennis. Look, yeah, the understanding, understanding is if you're not playing tennis, you're always in lingerie. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe sitting around watching porn or something. I don't know what she was watching. I was trying to figure out on the one scene. Yeah. Um, uh, Lady but yeah, is a freak. I, oh, baby. <laughs> so we don't... That's, again, why it feels like number two of the bullet. We don't know why beyond just he's the big bad that they're telling us. Yeah. We don't know why Carradine has such a hard on for taking this guy down. I he, guess the politician part, but he also kind of looks like our friend Nate Lang. He does look a little bit like Nate Lang. That is very true. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> um, and so yeah, it's like the drive of it is just they keep basically like doing something they're not supposed to do. Get in trouble with Peter Graves from Airplane. <laughs> from Airplane, yeah. As which, the which, as the Yeah. I was just gonna say I, I thought he was gonna be the 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 the, the, the bad cop. Yeah, yeah, the bad the, cop. in the end. But it then ended up being the friend who keeps getting them out of hot water. That's which the now you realize that I was actually genuinely surprised by that. that. I was like, Yeah, yeah, okay, that that's good. I mean makes like, sense. He would be vouching for them so that they could keep fucking doing their crazy drug deals yeah because that's the other the the one recurring another recurring part of this movie is that drug deals are done semi-complicated yes. like you what you were talking about that carnival scene which replicates the like uh mel gibson like holding a gun to his head and like it's supposed to kind of be like the getting the guy off the roof yeah. scene but like so all of a sudden and again lethal weapon or you know number two of the bullet it is like you said they're they're doing a stakeout in a carnival that maybe is also a costume carnival no there some they're people are dressed oh, no but yes, some yes, pe- yes, other yes. people not even just the the bad guys like random people are in costumes wait billy d is a blind carnival worker where that kid flips off <laughs> That the kid flips up. That also I thought was a little person. I wasn't sure oh. if it was a kid or not. Because that also felt like 80s joke where you're like, that's not a joke. It's yeah. just weird and mean. Uh, and then Carradine is in drag. Yes. But he is, they are staking out. Because I do swear, and I'm not going to rewatch it to go back and do it. But just other people were also sometimes in 
co- in costumes. Well, that's a question I have. Was that an actual priest when he threatens the priest to, like, was right. it actually a priest? Also, during that scene, one of the extras that they cut to the audience when they're, or the, the crowd when they're, like, ducking down in that cafeteria, <laughs> one of them is smiling. He goes, I'm going to waste them. And they cut to the audience. Yeah, and he's, like, <laughs> smiling about it. Yes. I'm, on, I'm on the TV. I got on that TV. Oh, geez, this is fun. So there's a uh, a uh, one guy dressed like the bad guys are dressed as like uh, yes. an extra in Three Amigos. Yes, like it's like a cartoon mix with also a guy in another guy in drag. Yes, which it just feels extra complicated on the bad guys end. They just wanted to make the joke because again, I think that's somebody sitting down and being like, "Well, this will be funny." Yeah. This will be like the, the visual will sell it. That's the key. The, a the lot visual of the will sell it, and they don't even write write any jokes around it other than yeah. the guy sitting down trying to hit on him. And he goes, and then the one other person's broad. like, "Are you are you sure the visual is going to sell it?" And then they're like, "Dude, we got we Belush. got James, we got the Belush yeah. coming, baby. The Belush is loose. Come on, the, the Belush is loose, and he's going to nail it left, right, and center. <laughs> and then when the Belush doesn't come." It's just a weird thing that they are dressed in uh, drag, but also the way to do, to get the drugs is to do a ball toss carnival game yes. where there's e- drugs in the softball, but Not then the money comes in the whatsoever, bunny. Because the way that they look around, they're, very, they're, they're already being very suspicious Yeah, with the transaction. And yeah. the guy's just standing behind... <laughs> just the tent with the drugs yeah. <laughs> uh, or the money it says, I guess and yeah and then it leads to them like a shoot like a like you know a kind of standoff on the 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 the, the bingo yeah fucking stage cafeteria stage yeah. cafeteria stage <laughs> yes like you're waiting to eat friday pizza uh and hoping it's not french bread pizza this month because that makes you a little pukey when <laughs> after you go to gym um and yeah it's trying to do the like you think you're crazy i'm crazy yeah but then if you have an actual sociopath character he's just sitting there threatening to murder all of the people including smiley joe extra yeah. who's just happy he might be murdered it is a complicated weird scene that I do think it fits in with what you're saying, where I do think in all the passes, you can't imagine that they're sitting around thinking this is funny or laughing. It's just that they're telling each other this will be funny. Yeah. The and, visual will be funny enough. And I guarantee the day on set, they're like, Let's, yes. this isn't working. And I'm sure they talked about it. And they're, I'm sure there was like a little whispering happening in the Valley Village there. Uh, yes. <laughs> Not Valley Village, Video Video Village. Video sorry. Village and in Valley Village, yeah, too. And There's Valley a lot Village of whispering. As well, yeah. Um, but in Video Village, they were definitely like kind of whispering and you get they're like, uh, uh can you just take a wait, let's take a five. Yeah. But then they get distracted on that five because they're like, Is that a real guardian angel that wandered in here? Is that just a guy dressed as a guardian angel <laughs> for some reason at this carnival? My God. Uh and so, yeah, the kid gives a finger. Uh, oh, the, there's a foot chase mm-hmm. that the camera speeds up, but not comically, just 
just to yeah, as cut an the time. odd choice, just to cut off time or something. They're like this is slagging. Let's pick up the pace. Let's yeah. Let's, like, yeah. And they're not wrong, so <laughs> they should speed it up. But yeah, and then they catch him in the confession. There's a lot of like. Oh yeah. Even the one-liners. There's a lot of one-liners that you're like, it'll be, it'll be good when they say it on set. It'll be James will get it. The Belouche. The Belouche is loose. The Belouche is loose. <laughs> one person just wrote the Belouche is loose on a shirt, and they just keep pointing to it, yeah. uh, hoping. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's die right now. Yeah, you make one ugly broad. Mm-hmm. Oh god, Joe. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. Like. Even, like, there's so many of those. When he just goes, Jesus, man, I love being a cop. Mm-hmm. Joke? Like, is that, there's it's got the of delivery yeah. of a joke. So then for some reason they need to, it's almost because they were just running out of what the plot could be. They have to extradite a witness who I think is a mob witness, but maybe knows he's a politician or something. Maybe he's the one who knows. So now it's midnight run, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Um. Yeah, he's got a motorcycle next to his pullout. He yells out, "Honey, I'm home." Joke. Yeah, that was a that was another where I was like, "Okay, yeah." It's like that's it'll work. A, I think it, it'll work. I think it'll work. It'll work. It'll work. They they said, "Hey, just take that one more time. Like maybe give it some some sauce." And he just delivered it the same way. And they're like, "And then right, he del- he gives it some Leon Perrin sauce." Yeah, and they're like, "Not that type of sauce." Um, another plot hanging chad is that they only vaguely bring together but like billy d is afraid of flying yes so he has like a self-help on tape that he listens to because they need to get on a plane to help extradite but also complicated in there billy d has tricked it so that he has to Carradine has to go visit his mother because they're also extraditing him from the place where his mother lives maybe his hometown yes uh, and S- Billy D being afraid of flying doesn't lead to much of anything. Because then, like, you would pay that off at the end where they're trying to chase down somebody and he has to get in a helicopter yeah. or, or ride a plane or do something like that where he's like, here we go. Yeah. You don't need to be afraid of flying to be afraid that your plane was, like, gunned down and you're going to crash and that the only person who can save it is Berserker over here. Mm-hmm. For no reason is able to land whatever plane helicopter it is and es- escape unscathed. They all just run out. <laughs> like, it's just like, all right, good to go. Um, but yeah, that part was just like, we're just delaying. Uh, yeah, I forgot that I was like, yeah, did his dad get shot in duty? What am I missing? Yeah. <laughs> he write, He just yells out, hey, fuck lawyers. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, and again, it was around here. I just wrote lots of stuff. I'm wondering if it's going to pay off. And Nothing. most of the time it doesn't. Billy D does get laid. We do see that butt cheek. And you're yeah. like, oh, baby. Wow, man. That oh, was quite an outfit. Oh, what a I movie. Hate. What a thing you like you start watching. like pulling on your collar and then you like look around yeah. to make sure that your family is not there and yeah. I did and then took out my computer and wrote an email to Criterion and <laughs> said, Can you get this goddamn movie on Criterion, you assholes? <laughs> um and then yeah, they end up landing the plane. Oh, this is the beauty of when we watch a movie like this. I watched it in four parts, do not remember parts until I look at my notes. End up in that barn. Yes. And a farmer comes out of nowhere and kill and almost kills or kills the extradited 
witness with a shotgun? That's right, because he was trespassing. Yeah. Might have saved my life, but you ruined my career. Oh, no. Mirror to society. Uh, I'm looking right outside, baby. So they're put on desk duty. They are put on <laughs> different duties like four times. The Reagan. We got was it. that a weird, like, fucking <laughs> AI generated <laughs> Reagan? It looked weird. Well, 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 I got painted in the background. I'm in this shit burger movie. Well, <laughs> it was made out of jelly beans, so that's oh, why it looks so odd. That's why it's, it was the uh, Mrs. Johnson's it was the, the one moment class. I almost rewinded because I was like, "What is wrong with that yeah. Reagan?" Like, and not beyond the politics, just his face looked all fucked up. Like, I was like, is Reagan, like, at this point, like, how you can't show money in movies? Right. Like, you can't you know, show a fucked up version of Regan or whatever his name would be. Uh, they are put on different types of desk duty suspension, like, three or oh, four yeah. times in this movie. Um, I got really hungry at that taqueria. I'm not going to lie. Me too. I, I was like, that. Look, it looks like this uh, looks taco great. place that's close to me, but I was like... Like, Same with me. Yeah. I thought it was uh, Super Burrito. That's the one down in like Old Town Pasadena. That's like one of the best ones. I and people, I think I'm getting the name right, and that's the one I go to. Oh baby, they make these amazing pickled jalapenos that come oh, with God. it, and now it's there's a oh, I'm starving. There's a chilaquila burrito. Chilaquila burrito. burrito is mind blowing. There, um, but yeah, I thought it was mine too, and I kept getting distracted that he's just eating wheat germ powder <laughs> and shit like. I mean, I don't, I, 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 did your mom get sucked into that at all? Like in the eighties, oh, yeah. like when you were a kid, any yeah. of that, any of the, like the fad, you know, diet yeah. or any of that shit. Like I, yeah, it was all over the house. There was a nature store in the town next to us. My mom liked to shop there in that era of like doing aerobics. And like, I think I've talked about, it. there was like supposed to be the nature store equivalent of fruit loops mm-hmm. that was like sweetened with fruit juice. Yeah. My God, that was the most disgusting cereal I've ever had. It is that's why I don't trust those like fucking adult cereals that they uh, advertise on other podcasts. Like, like this, or something yeah, like Magic that. Spoon. Look, I don't talk buy because we don't have any sponsors. So. We got no sponsors. People yeah. join our Patreon. We got no one paying for any of this. Um, but yeah, like it, and and we had a thing of wheat germ in our refrigerator for like four years. <laughs> like, and he kept my dad kept being like, "Put out your cereal." I was like, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's eating that shit, but whatever. It's El Maya. I don't think it exists anymore. Oh, um, oh here's a... Was it uh, Enemy Territory where they make... Where they had a scene where like the white guy does like black scent to get into. Yes. But then you're like, but you have... Yes. Like, and, and in that case, it was... It was like he it was, was Ray Parker fake. Jr. and uh, who else was it? And uh, the guy that we don't know his name. Yeah. But Ray Parker Jr. is actually the job you are faking yeah. as in that movie. Why fake it at all? And it was the same here. Like you were yeah. just like, why do a weird Billy D accent? Like it sounds kind of every like every other word. Like he's trying to be smooth. Mm-hmm. And it's just again, it'll be funny. I think it's gonna work. I don't know. Nope. And no, it was a bummer to uh, get their way into Bubba Gump's uh, oh, apartment. Wait, are you serious? That's who that is. Wow, that's Bubba. That's oh, that's wow. the actor who plays Bubba Gump. Wow. He's the informant. 
It's uh, who, not like, Bubba Gump, Jeff. It's Bubba. It's not his name. No, Forrest Gump. Bubba Gump is the name of their company. Because it's because <laughs> Gump, Forrest Gump, and Bubba, they they joined alien together. life form. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jeff, surely uh, step into a Bubba Gump once in a while, will you? I, we're not the first to say that it's wild that the Bubba Gump franchise is so it's, powerful from a movie no that people hardly watch. Like, Although, there's that Bubba Gump next to the that aquarium uh, <laughs> in in Long Beach, <laughs> and I'm like, I uh, guess yes. we'll eat here. <laughs> well, that's it. It's it, it. Bubba Gump is in my brain is only the. I guess this is the only restaurant in the airport when we're coming back from Mexico. That was my. Sister-in-law, they're like, I guess we're gonna go to Bubba Gump's. Is and I'm he, like, yeah, I'm okay. Is he like me, <laughs> Bubba Gump? Bring your kids. He'll like. Is he like Man. me? Is he like fries. <laughs> so Bubba Gump. Uh, so Bubba is the informant. Okay. Um. Uh. Oh yeah. So so then he will be used later. You're just kind of like, okay, yeah, here's a guy, and we're gonna use him later. We're going to go into stumble. I, they felt like they stumbled into a drug deal that maybe then I couldn't tell if he was joking that he knows this junkie from high school. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. Because that's the same guy they meet later at the they sneak up on in the mausoleum, right? I don't know. Because there's the guy doing the drug deal in the mausoleum where he right. reaches into the urn and changes out. And then there's the hilarious joke where Carradine thinks that. The cocaine, it's cocaine, but it's actually the ashes of his dead right. mother. Yes, okay. Right. Uh, so yeah, because that's the thing. You kind of there's just like bullshit happening. You're like, all right, I guess that happens. I guess that leads into this, whatever. Um, uh, again, I wrote to myself, still don't know why Carradine's so hooked on this bad guy. Yep. Um, I thought Ben Stiller was a punk in a background <laughs> of the like police station. Um. Are they in the old L.A. Zoo, do you think, there, or the new L.A. Zoo? In 87? I meant to look that up oh, if it would know. be. I think it still would have been old L.A. Zoo. Where that was now the you old can L.A. Just Zoo? Walk around. Uh, have you gone to there yet? Yeah, uh, it's where they to... like shot, going to Anchorman again, You can. it's where they shot that stuff at the end, but you can walk through it. It's in Griffith Park, but in over by Shane's no, Miracle I, I've or whatever. No, I've been to the that new played. one. But not the the old one. Oh wait! So that's but where that's the where old one is. Okay. Yes, yeah, the yes, ruins yes. are still up there, and you Got like it. go up steps, and you can walk through them all. Right. And there's yes. always like you'll go there and be like, "All right, Harry, they're smoking weed in there. Get yeah. out of the bear cave, yeah. please." Um. Either way, we got mud wrestling. And Gazaris. With- that was oh. Gazaris, baby. He he made a cameo. That was him. That was Gazaris. <sighs> I that there were the in this scene were the two things I was most excited about because on drums, yes, I only know him as Laszlo from yep. uh Real Genius, but I know he was also in Napoleon Dynamite, the worst movie ever, and White Lotus, uh, and White Lotus. But it is very hard to watch White Lotus and not constantly go <laughs> Laszlo from Real Genius, but <laughs> Gazari, baby. I mean, Gazzari. I was giddy. And I yeah. almost like I I should have texted you at the second I, know, I, I saw him. If you don't, if you've never seen Decline of Western Civilization you, Part Two, part the two. Metal Years, that's part the best two. one. I think it's the best one. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I've watched Part One way too many times too because it was the first one the I most. saw. 
I definitely watched three <laughs> the most. Yes. Uh, the crust punk bands I've never heard of. Um, but part two, the metal years oh, and so they good. go to Gazari's was one of the big places on the oh, strip. Yeah. And they were the one known for like the bikini contests yep. and mud wrestling. And that is, I think it is Gazari's like, I like it's, and and he is that guy is in there in the the documentary with two ladies on his arms and mm-hmm. it was exciting to see him scurry past in his hat yeah. uh fucking crazy but yeah i almost forgot that yeah there's gazari and then the, like oh there's a shit toilet he gets covered in shit somehow <laughs> in the toilet laszlo yeah. this is another one of those like movies where they're like oh another punk who knows his rights you know, because yeah. like, I know my rights. Oh, he knows his rights. Like it's like that whole trope. Yep. And and this is one where if you don't feel any sympathy, like even in Cobra, yeah, we've talked about it. We're like Cobra's breaking fucking rights all the time. Mortifying. In this one, you're just like, no, nah, you're a monster, and stop doing this to people. Stop doing this. Stop you're not on that. their side. I I yes. like completely. I'm like, this is mortifying the abuse of power. And usually, yes. like with shit like this, you kind of for, you forgive it. You're like, ah, this yeah. is entertaining. Like you're like, this isn't real, right? You know, like whatever. This is just like. But with this, it was like because there's no charisma there. Yeah. Because of the movie itself, you're like Jesus. Because I think bad. they end up holding like he's hanging upside down right from yeah. uh, like an, in a skyscraper oh uh, and he ends up getting dropped or shot dropped right am he, i wrong yeah on that? he he shoots the the boots off and he goes and that also i love that he goes oh my god when he <laughs> <Yeah>. falls <laughs> love it i wrote out oh my god and then wrote underneath it oops and after <laughs> that when they do the chase jeff do you recognize the mo- the music no, what was it? It's from Avenging Fucking Force. Oh, man. It's the theme I, from Avenging Fucking Force. Uh, Cannon, we love you. You know, you're just like, fuck it. Let's take a great movie and we'll throw in this theme. Fuck it. We got it already. I was, I mean, good going, Alf, for picking that to use <laughs> as a music supervisor, basically. Man, yeah. Who said should have froze? Not like we didn't tell them. Oh, that was I ha- <laughs> uh, somebody else. Because um. I wrote, should have froze, not like we didn't tell them. And then in parentheses, did they? Joke? <laughs> like, I don't think they even did oh, it. Oh, so because it didn't that, even they ran off. That was that was uh, from, yeah, there was, they were, oh, it was when they were trying to get that semi. That's a little bit later. Okay. It was like, uh, yeah, because it, it was, again, it was like. Oh, yes. Okay. They're trying to make a joke, and it just really doesn't land. And oh yeah, because in the semi again, another one where you're like, "What was the thought?" And not in a joke way, but when he's like, they're driving and they're chasing the semi because the plan for this drug deal is put a limo in the semi truck and then do it in the semi truck, so we're not going to get caught. But they get caught immediately. Yeah. And Carradine's plan. He goes, "I got an idea." Get in the back seat. And then the idea seemingly is just, I'm going to drive up and you're going to shoot the guy in the back of the head. Yes. That's it. It wasn't much of an idea. It's not much of an idea at all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, I love that the bad guy is just showing how bad he is and rich that he has his cell phone given to him in a pool pool. skimmer. He's just lounging. (laughs) He don't care. 
<laughs> They're going to take care of it. Don't worry. Uh, he's in, in, uh, inexplicably, for some reason, uh, Billy Dee's back playing jazz in the middle of the movie yes. to seduce another woman. It's uh, Eddie, long... Eddie Murphy's almost wife in Coming to America. Right, yes. Yeah. The one that uh, like, barks, yeah. Yes, the one who barks. But then it's so sad that she has to be in this movie because she's given the line, and I won't say yeah. it, you F word, and you're like, oh, boy. Yeah. Because that's Carradine's move is again to weirdly, you're again you're like he's a sociopath and does he now also have a? I don't think it's a sexual thing for Billy D. It seems like more of like no one else can be happy if I can't be happy. Yeah, like sort of thing. <laughs> because he tries to he convinces her that Billy D is gay, so then that just shows that she's extra angry about it. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's like he's fucking up Billy D's life just to act out against his ex-wife. Like it's this weird transferal of fucked up soci- sociopathy. Thanks, um, I hate it. Yeah, it's the worst. Uh and also the worst, even the flannel they put on him which is supposed to be Riggsy, the yeah. elbows have like that thing that looks like it's flesh on his. So it looks like <laughs> his like saggy elbow is popping it, it out. So out, yeah. <laughs> making me feel gross. Um Sniper. Oh yeah, then there's multiple again, they just do stuff repeating. The bad guy who fucking Carradine has a hard on for no particular reason keeps hiring different snipers, kind of, and he hires or, yeah. or assassins. Mm. So he hires that one sniper. And again, rightfully so that the cops should be like, hey, you're on leave. Mm-hmm. Carradine ability. Stop coming to fucking scenes. Stop coming to the hospital. You already fucked up. You got your guy who was, you're supposed to extradite almost murdered. He's in a coma. But they were right, Jeff. But they were right. Oh, also, that nurse, that whole scene with the nurse going out. Everybody, why? Everyone is so stupid stiff and creepy at that nurse yeah i thought that nurse was going to be the one that killed the guy that's why like it's just a distraction because they're like ooh la la that would have been fucking great yeah instead it's somehow the loudest sniper ever even though he has a silencer (laughs) they can hear his like it was cool when they shoot him though and he's like just dangling he goes (laughs) i did like that um I'm assuming that was the get the witness they tried to extradite who got shot by the farmer because I couldn't keep track of who anyone was. I, at that I point. couldn't either. Yeah, and it didn't help that immediately after that, for no particular reason, they decided to use the morgue attendant who loves to eat. Of trope. course, and I wrote down. I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm surprised the coroner isn't eating." And of course, they had yes. to go around it with the lunch joke. But it's so clunky. It's That's the so thing. It's so clunky. It's a long walk for that fucking joke that wasn't necessary. And you Just know the like, one pastrami then? <laughs> That's the one joke that they all were laughing about. Oh, we're yeah. like, we got to get to it. Everybody on the day was just cracking up. They're like, That's a wrap on Steve. Steve, you were great. You What you did, the, I, oh. You nailed man. it. We've never we've never we'll seen see a hungry morgue one. attendant. You're gonna be a number three with a bullet. Wait, this is a number two with a bullet. This is number one. Shit, where are we, um, Jeff? Yeah. And then it goes on to this running gag about the joke is that he he's so bad at guitar. Yeah, I hated I, this. I'm just realizing 
Yeah, because it's supposed to be that he's so bad at guitar that it's almost like torture. Yeah. But really, he was having withdrawals, and that was just making it worse. Well, I mean, so two weird things. One, I'm just realizing, is that supposed to be a counter to Billy D being so good and smooth at trumpet? Or did they not think of those terms? It's just a thing. Because it kind of just feels like a thing. It's just a thing. Um, Two, yeah, that heroin addict goes from he's never touched heroin in his life the way he's acting to i've never seen someone going through withdrawals in a movie and i'm ta- i'm not fast. talking real life and that fast and that intense it was like a fucking made for tv movie like warning video we get in school <laughs> like about the dangers of drugs yeah it was insane how quickly he go like he goes from making are you going to rape me now or what jokes to getting tortured with that guitar. And you're like, yeah, is a guitar making him react like this? But like, my God, it was and also was able to fit in between your mama's legs as a comeback. And I was like, is this supposed to be a reminder that the mother was a plot Mm. in this? But I guess we also are led to our title of the movie. Because he says, you guys don't know. Everyone's trying to get you. Yeah. Number one with a bullet. I wish his mom did come in during that point, though. Oh, but amazing! What are you it doing like to the... my boyfriend? It would have. There was her boyfriend the whole time. Would be awesome. It's like I gotta move on from your father. Right. Um, <laughs> that would be amazing. It also he would then it would be like I'm gonna get you suckered. It's like the mother oh, yeah. who keeps coming in to help. But yeah, because it was just like I. I, I much like maybe that guy was a politician, the bad guy, like. I'm not sure I was completely picking up that all of the underground of LA is trying to get them because yes. they are the craziest crazies. There's no indication that that's the case whatsoever because everything is just wrapped up so nice and easy with yeah. no effort whatsoever, no stakes. Yep. And then, and I do have to say, you know, we already talked about the heroin guy, but. That was some real scene study shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was definitely a could do this monologue to try to get into acting school shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't who maybe this. Oh, so for some reason after that, he seems to maybe Carradine's trying to have a change of heart and puts on a suit. Yes. To go do the same exact scene with his ex-wife, Valerie Bertinelli. Yep. And act the same exact shitty, monstrous way at her, like pushing a door open. Yep. And then she's like, well, I'm going to regret this, but what the hell? Right. And that's where I would just wrote, she is an abused woman. Yeah. This is, that is pure abuse. You can do Uh, better. Do better. But also, that's again, where it's like his dad maybe being a cop. That was the first time that I was like, wait, was him being a cop their problem? I don't think it was. But now they're making it that he's going to leave. So it's like, all right, fine. So yeah. Billy D's doing fucking Kenpo in a dojo by a foundry for no particular reason. And then a truck is trying to attack him. Um, yeah, that. Um, what did I say? Uh, why did he wait? They're going to kill. Oh, yeah, I, I wrote down. Yeah. So they're they're Yeah. He's getting out of his Tai Chi and he's playing on his mouthpiece. Yeah. And I, always I have expected mouthpiece. the car to explode when he got in. Yeah. But it ended up being that he's driving and playing his mouthpiece. And then we get another 80s trope 
<clears throat> man, the 80s loved junkyard, car junkyard oh, with giant magnets crushing. Man, I loved them. That's why. I mean, I mean, think we knew because, it, yeah, it's like I, I, you could, your car is going to get fucked up. You got to dodge cars left and right. Mm-hmm. Those things fall. Those things magnetize. Those things pick up cars. Those things will throw you around. It's dangerous, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's like they, they tried to like kind of get him into the junkyard and he almost dies, but he makes it out all right, which yep. is good. But man, yeah, the 80s fucking love a good junkyard scene and. I guess I'll take them every time too. I mean, it was one of the better scenes, yeah, ish in the movie. No, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's just like funny that that's. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. there's that set piece. Because it's also then weird that like it's a semi bloodless movie, but also then Billy D acting the same as he does in every scene, just smiling at the bloodbath yeah. of his victim being dead, just like. Yep gushing blood out of that fucking crane. <laughs> I'm surprised like they didn't give him like a one-liner or something. He's like, looks yeah. like you're crushed or something yeah. like dumb like that. Right. Without the one-liner, it made it seem even more like he was just a sick bastard yeah, and he's right up there with Carradine. It, yeah. it would have been, been better if he had just taken out his mouthpiece again and kept practicing yes. as he walked away. I and I and like every time he's playing that, I would have thought, "Is there a baby crying? Is my kid crying?" Like it's always <laughs> yeah. a weird, crazy noise. Uh, I love that Carradine's like, "I'm going to take you to a nice, fancy restaurant." And as far as I can tell, it's, <laughs> it's to a place Gump. called The Reef. <laughs> it's Bubba uh, Gump. It's Bubba Gump. He basically does it a Bubba Gump because it looks like yeah, it looks like when you're on vacation by the pier. Yes, and you go to the like fucking weird family fish restaurant yes. where you're like. Everything has too much hollandaise sauce. And you're like, okay, I guess I need candied shit on this plate. Um, Everything's breaded. All the employees are unhappy. All the employees are unhappy. Yes. It's like the Barnacle Bills or whatever in (laughs) Simpsons uh, or the restaurant that Rip Torn owns in Summer Rental (laughs) (laughs) where they're just microwaving fish dishes. Uh And it's even more depressing that that's the place they go, and then Valerie is in. She's like, let's go home and get naked. Yes. Get the fuck out. I miss this, Jeff. I miss this. So Uh I, uh, why did he leave her? Why why did she go to her car alone? He realized that they gave him the wrong credit card back. Oh, I missed that. He mumbles it, and I, I'm amazed I picked up on that yeah, one. It's I like, put it on completely. the pile of the one thing I picked up on that the 20 others I missed. Yeah. Um, so he has to go back, and then, yeah, I were, I was like, is she going to get murdered? I yep, almost. So but no, it I thought her f- Death Wish 4 situation. Yeah. Or 5. Which one was the one with the face? Uh, was that 5? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I Didn't you think her face was blown off? I thought that's what the case was because she was holding her face. Because yes. she was so close to the car with the explosion. And she was holding her face. I was like, oh, it's going to be one. Because when they show her in the hospital, I'm like, oh, it's going to be like the Death Wish situation. I thought it was going to be a like, Death Wish 5. Yeah. Where she's like, I can't model again or whatever. And it's yes, like barely a, exactly. a scratch. And then David Fincher and the writer of Seven saw that and went, ooh, good idea. I should use that. Um, yeah, but then, yeah, it's barely a scratch, but maybe in a coma? Yes. But then not. Yes. I don't remember her coming out of the coma, per se. Like, and I was just like, okay, I guess that just worked, but whatever. Just kind of, it seemed like maybe he makes a... I feel like in my memory... Because it also is hazy already watching this. <laughs> when he comes back after realizing she's in a coma, because he's kind of like, I'm done being a cop. 
And then while she's in a coma, they're like, we got a fucking beat on him. Let's go get him. He's like, let's do this. And then when he comes back, she seems to be out of the coma. Yep. But it's just like, did a joke make her come out? Like, it's just kind of laughs coming out of the coma. That's a good one, huh? (laughs) Where am I? Where am I? Did I lose my face? (laughs) Um, You did. And yeah, I... Now his mother's there. His mother's back in the fucking thing. Wait, I want to. I want to mention. I know we already talked about the chase, but there was another joke where I'm like, "What the fuck does that even mean?" Where he says checks in the mail. Yeah, checks in the mail. I'm like, to what? What is this referring to? Fuck yes. you. What? Why? Who Check, are please? the ad oh, no. wizards that came up checks with this in the one? Mail. <laughs> Yes, the checks in the mail line is infuriating because it I makes was so no angry sense. at this. <laughs> it feels like that was a rewrite where they had a setup and a punchline with it, and then they cut the they setup cut, by yeah. accident <laughs> and then just left the punchline in. Um, yes, I'm glad you brought that because that was infuriating yeah uh uh so anyway, all right yeah because that's where we get to that no but we're back in the lit there's the limo we already i already already yeah, talked already about this talked that about that. that russian nesting doll of drug deals <laughs> there's a lot of this section too that's why the checks in the mail is frustrating oh yeah just get in the back frank checks in the mail that's the line because it makes no it's sense like, and because the check in the mail is him shooting a guy in the face he also throws behind like deals on wheels like, it feels like when it felt like that line, Deals on Wheels, felt like when you're in an improv scene and you've already, we've already, you already had the blackout line. And then your partner's like, no, no, I got one more. Yeah. <laughs> I got an extra tag. And you're like, we're done, man. And now we're just <laughs> stuck. Now it's not that you added an extra tag. We just have to keep doing the yeah. scene and just the flop sweat that comes on you because you're like, fuck me. <laughs> Nobody edited pick up the on. scene. God damn it. Yeah, and you're like, didn't black us out. Tech's not blacking out. If it's one tech from UCB, he's watching baseball. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is just deals on wheels felt like we've got all these lines, whatever. Let's just keep using them. Um, and yeah, they get, then then they pulled over. That was kind of nice that they were like, yeah, yeah let's pull over. Whatever, man. It was man. so anticlimactic. Uh, put your hands behind your head. It was just pretty comical yelling. Again, every time he yells, it's kind of like Lewis. Yeah. Uh, they're psyched because they also capture Ty Charlie, I believe, yes. is the name of that, that drug dealer. Like, okay. <laughs> oh, that's what. It wasn't a joke. He kisses her out of a coma. Because after they catch right. them, he comes back, he kisses her, and then she's up, and I'm like, okay. I guess that's all you needed. Regular and he gives her a rose from here. someone else's bouquet. It feels like he walks past yeah. someone else's bouquet. Um, his mother's back again at the door of this guy. My God, what is wrong with him? Uh, oh, yeah. He's the, he, I, you know, Austin does point out that it is at least interesting. <laughs> like, it's kind of funny. But, like, why is he quoting the Raven as he... His what his ex wife maybe now wife is out of a coma and he's like all right I gotta go take care of some things I'm gonna go directly to this guy's house and really fuck with him start yeah. playing Edgar Allan Poe mind games <laughs> um, and I think he says quote the Raven asshole or something yeah. is the line I I gotta be honest at that point I kind of checked out a little bit I definitely I mean and because there's no reason to it truly was just yeah she's that woman's laying in bed. 
Oh no! Yeah, no, she's in. The guy. He goes into the guy. The, yeah, yeah, she's in the thing. That guy is laying in bed like when your kid comes into bed in the middle of the night and is just spread eagle beagle baby. <laughs> he, I, wrote, I wrote down like he's man spreading like crazy. I thought he was hun- tied to the bed. I thought so too. And like, thought, if not, like, even yeah. weirder. <laughs> like That's he how he's sacrificed. That's how he's laying in the bed. Yeah, he's like uh, Logan getting crucified on that X Men yes. cover on that giant X. Um, yeah, he's laying in bed again. You're like, why does he have such a hard on for this guy? They pull the you can't shoot me. Yeah. You're a cop speech. You can't shoot me. You're a cop. Pig. Was waiting for. Yeah, I was waiting for a pig. No pig. Um, but it's weird because that speech actually worked as opposed to Cobra. Right. It's like it did remind him he was a cop. It w- he's like, <sighs> all right. I guess I'll leave. After that scene, I was like, how is the movie still going after this? Right! Like, I, like, this should have been the end, but I don't know. Whatever. But then he uses his mother undercover as yeah. a fake ACLU member or something. <laughs> like, yeah, right. like, which is doesn't Wait, make any like, sense. What's the deal? You're going, you're taking this perp to the, 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 the closet, the, um, evidence Abandoned closet? Building. Yeah. Yeah, the evidence closet with got, with a lot of weed and a lot of coke. It didn't exact. I was it losing make, it. I yeah. lost what was going on. I was getting distracted because the guy they were trying to convince looked familiar in a character actor way, and I was like, "Was he in a nerds movie too? Is this like a <laughs> yeah. favor?" From oh yeah, maybe Carradine? he was. No, that was. I'm thinking of. Uh, it's Tim not Busfield, Timothy yeah. Busfield. It's not him. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a lot of drugs in that closet. Um, DaCosta is the name of the guy, the main guy, DaCosta. Oh, the bad guy? Yeah, the main bad guy. The caster. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, then we get to back to there. The sex pod is a sex pod. She's nonstop lingerie. Mm-hmm. I thought Peter Graves was going to be the mole. I thought that But nope, too. it was Kaminsky. Yep, and surprise. Yeah, big element of surprise in that baby blue suit. I was shocked as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, oh, yeah, he leaning into him after he punches him like it's a softcore movie dude i wrote that down too i said carradine kind of gets sexual with that because he's just so fucking hot for arresting him finally that he's just yeah and then almost throws him out a window like i didn't get that that was so clunky too the way that was directed in the action in that yeah it's like what's happening here he's like show the view and like what I mean, maybe we can uh, imagine it's because of his sexual frustration has to come out as violence, but it didn't make sense what was happening. Yeah. And all I could write was just like, what is this guy's deal? Yeah, it's Like, well, give us an answer, man. That's supposed to be the loose cannon aspect of it, but it's like, it doesn't, it's not being sold whatsoever. Also, what, after that, like, what's what's the running joke of uh, Billy D's character talking to himself? What was that? I never got that. I never picked up on, like, what he was saying or what. It doesn't help that the last time they do it, and I mean, maybe it's every time, I just wrote, these weird talking to myself scenes are recorded so low, I can't tell what they're actually saying. So, yeah, the joke pattern doesn't make sense because i know ne- all i can hear is billy d being smooth yeah but not saying anything so i don't know what we're supposed to think the joke is also and i th- and i think at the end i was getting so distracted because what a wildly anticlimactic ending comp- I, also billy d's got the weirdest laugh it's so a force and bad in this movie <laughs> but of course i put ending with the call of from the mother of course that's yep. the, that's the end and it's like this 
feels like it just completely like like farted through your cheeks. Yeah. With no like problem like whatsoever. a Billy D uh mouth uh thing. Right. <laughs> like when he's practicing on his little mouthpiece or his trumpet. Because it is, like, after that whole throwing out the window, they just cut to the police station. Peter Graves is just kind of like, well, guys, you guess like we wrapped it up. gladiators? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and he's giving up a drink. They take a shot, and they're just like, all right, that's dope. It's yeah. over. And right. then there's the weird talking to himself scene, and you don't get what he's saying. And I was also getting distracted because I was like, does Carradine's belt buckle say Trump? And then... Oof. And then he is like, you're sure you're not going to still be a cop? No, I'm going to be a private investigator. Okay. Mother messages. Yep, that's Okay. And as I said for my last note for the movie, which also is kind of a note for the whole thing, I was like, the mother message wasn't really a pattern in the movie. And it's not even funny. Yeah, it's an unfunny, non-bookend bookend. So it's just a wet fart of an ending. And so, yeah, number one with a bullet. You know what would have made yeah. a, a fun ending? What's that, Frank? We we go back to the jazz club. Okay. Billy D is getting fresh, you know, and he's he's doing his thing. He goes back to his honey, and they're about to kiss, and all of a sudden they get cockblocked. But guess what? Not by just Carradine, but by Carradine and Bertinelli. Love it. Truly, honestly, look, man, you're you're one of the better ones that even than me, I think. <laughs> but I think like one, with that idea, you have set up at least a rule of threes pattern. That's the most consistent pattern in the movie. But also if he decides to not cock block him, and he's kinda like, hey man, we ain't partners anymore. Now we're just friends. I'm a private investigator. Blah, blah, blah. You kind of connect the dots versus Peter Graves just being like, well, we did it. Yep. Good to go. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how it should have ended. Start at the beginning with a different end. But instead, much like the rest of this movie, it feels like four people wrote it. It feels like it is an amalgam of all the tropes that of a script that started, you know, probably years before even some of these other scripts, but canon style. And also, let's be honest, 87 canon style, where they're like, we got to fucking make some, we got to get some winners here. Let's <laughs> finally get that script. Because that fe- that's definitely what happened, too, I would imagine. Yeah. I said definitely and then imagine. But that uh, they had bought that script for so long ago, and they're like, we own it already. We need to pump out some more movies and make some money. We've really fucked ourselves here. Yeah. And the only idea they ever have is make more movies. Uh, and so, you know, they they tried to also get with the zeitgeist. And that ends up being, we love Carradine, but he's uh, not great Just in this movie. Role for him, yeah. Not at all. I maybe, let's say the boldest thing, and there's got to be others. And you people can uh, all chime in. Let, let us know, listeners. Uh, if you've got any, but I'm like at least top five most miscast roles I've ever yes. seen. <laughs> like, I wanted to think of other ones that I'd like to sit around and think about it, and I probably will, but like, it's up there. It's wild. Russell Crowe in Les Mis. 
Oh, baby, that's number one. Numero uno. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Number one with a bullet. It's uh, I don't. I it, I I it, it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. I'm a, I was bummed that it was kind of just a bummer. Um, in a different way, maybe though, than we've had. It was this just more was, of like this is tough. Yeah, this one was tough. You know what? Because it was so trope heavy, you constantly are just reminded of a better movie yeah. than what you're watching. Which is never a good position for a movie. It's just there's no charisma whatsoever at all yeah. in any scene of the movie. So there's no like goodwill to kind of like sail on. Yeah. It's just yeah. all like, okay, let's go to this next scene. How much is left of the, the movie? Chewbacca. <laughs> Chewy. Chewbacca. Chewy. Chewbacca. Han. <laughs> So at that point, though, this is where we got to give our canon rating, not uh, how good or how bad this movie is. You've heard our feelings on it, but this is how canon this movie is. One to ten canons in terms of canon film. How canon is number one with a bullet. I'm going to go with a six. Yeah. Although, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'll go with a five because I feel like canon, at least, even when it's, it's not the best, there is a charm to it. Like yeah. I said, there's like a there is something that kind of at least keeps you engaged, even with their misses. I mean, granted, we've seen some pretty bad ones where like we barely yeah. finished, but like this one really did feel like like it had a, a cannon shell, but the inside was just all like nothing. It was like a yeah. hollow Easter chocolate Easter bunny kind of I don't know. It feels blase in a different way than the blase cannons we've watched like it could have been an yeah. orion you yeah. know what i mean like uh, it could have been yeah. made, like just like i guess just like think like honestly like there were big chunks where i was like it could be any production company usa and how it's messing up yeah it doesn't fit this one oddly is like just doesn't feel as uh it doesn't feel like it hits the uh the things that can get wrong but in a specific canon way it just feels like more of just like general yeah um, because it's, it, I think even when we've talked about this many times, even when Canon gets stuck in the cliche, you're like, wait, they might've actually invented the cliche and they'll add this really weird thing to it. Yeah. And it just doesn't kind of have that. It, it no. feels like it's, you know what, man, it feels like it's 87 and it's gone through a bunch of iterations yeah. and they're maybe a little too distracted with, they might get like arrested. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's um, a real pile of tough. Yeah, it is. So yeah, I'll go. I'll go five as well. Yeah. It's right in the middle. Uh, but still enjoy talking about it with you, buddy. Yeah, that's always the fun parts of these, and we hope you enjoyed it. So people, if you like this, Frank, where can people find us? They can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Canon Canon. Second Canon is one in. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Canon Canon. Uh, we've got all of our bonus stuff. Just put up a bonus Garlock soundtrack corner video for Penitentiary 3. Yes. Guts. Odd, crazy one to listen to. Guts, guts, guts. I was. It's one that made me want to rewatch the movie because I was like, I don't remember where this song would be. I don't remember <laughs> where this would. This song's great. This song's great. But the end, I, I would love to see how it's all pieced together. And also... 
felt like a classic canon move where I was like, am I crazy that it says there's five songs on the B side and there's only four? <laughs> it's listed oh. as five everywhere. Oh, and I'm like, wow. what am I missing? I think maybe they merged one of the so- two of the songs into one. Oh yeah. But so I kept counting the things, but I was like, I'm losing it here, man. Wow. Uh, but we've got all those bonuses and could have been a canons early and other fun things. And all of your support truly does help with uh, this insane thing. I don't know if you saw that tweet from austin where he was just like if you needed to support canon but i think he was like we still have to cover 47 movies that are like not even in not even in the books we have like that's the thing it's in volume volume. three we if we do with a thing we decided yes i i jeff i (laughs) did i ever have a pit in my stomach when i read that tweet I, I truly did. Like and we look, love people. canon. That's the thing is like we yeah. love canon. We love doing this. We love talking about it. But it is getting to a point where it's a little bit like okay, uh, yeah. Like we, you know, it's it's why we pulled back on the amount of episodes and where we love doing it when we do it. But also, you know, and we're getting up to our hundred thousandth listen, which is nice, nice. And for other podcasts, would be you know, chump change. Yeah. Uh, but for us, it's like that's a lot of people who want to listen to canon, honestly, if you're really breaking it down. I mean, like, don't be surprised if we just start doing a series called Because uh, We Wanna. Because <laughs> <laughs> We Wanna Not to Be a Canon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because We Wanna Not Give Up on Life. Yeah. <laughs> As life just gets tougher, but the canons sometimes get tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people, we appreciate you. And until next time. I'm Jeff Garlock. Uh... (laughs) Until next time, I'm Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. And this is The the Cannon. 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 Leave it in, Jeff. Ah, I'm leaving it all in. Chewy. (laughs) Jubaga. Jubaga.